Hi, I'm Carlyn Holbrook. I'm a John Maxwell team certified coach, teacher, trainer, speaker, published author, and influencer with more than 25 years of global leadership experience. If there's one thing I've seen firsthand time and time again, it's that the best leaders inspire others to follow their purpose and their passions, while the influence of a bad leader can literally tear down people's potential. Join me for a few sips of leadership tips that will help you become a better leader by first conquering the hardest person to lead, you. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Is it for everybody? I mean, I would like to think it is. I hope it is for you. Uh, For me, this season, I've been getting a little more reflective and tuning back into the faith that I grew up in. I, I think everybody knows by now I'm a person of faith and not religion, but relationship. And that's a very big distinction for me. Uh, this year I was at Bed Bath & Beyond and I saw an advent calendar made by Keurig, 24 cups of cheer and with a variety of brands, but it doesn't tell you what's inside. And it literally is an advent calendar with a K-cup for every day uh, for 24 days. And I thought, well, this is super fun. And if you have been listening to me for any length of time, 31 days of Sips and Tips is back. I started doing that in 2020. So this is my third year. And it's just the month of December every day uh, with a different type of coffee and a different uh, quick tip that helps you hopefully lead through this holiday season and beyond. So I thought it'd be fun to do the advent calendar. So I actually um, was just finishing recording one, and then I thought I'd pop on and talk to all of you a little bit because the season of Advent is something that I think is is just a really cool time. And again, it doesn't matter what your belief system is. I think everybody can relate to the themes of Advent. At least I hope you can. And my wonderful um, life coach and very good friend, Bonnie, um, is doing this uh, four days of each week of Advent um, group where we read a scripture and light one of the Advent candles while she lights it and we're on Zoom and we just enjoy it. And it's just been such a really nice time to reflect. And because each of the themes, if you're not aware of Advent, is hope, peace, joy, and love. And forgive me if I got those last two out of order. I always flip flop those. Could be my dyslexia. I don't know, but it's true. Um, Anyway, but hope, joy, peace, and love, right? Those are beautiful themes. And so what we do is we reflect on the biblical, you know, scripture and the the story of Christmas, of course, but then also just thinking about those themes and as they relate to our life. You know, how does hope, like where where do we have hope? What does hope look like for us? Where can we pull themes from the story of Mary and Joseph in Bethlehem? that gave us hope, gave us joy, gave us peace and love. Anyway, we're only on week two tomorrow night, so maybe I'll talk more about that later after we're done. But but with the Advent calendar of K-Cups and the sips and tips and just, you know, reflecting on Advent, it also got me thinking, too, about leadership and who some of the best leaders are. Because, you know, it's funny. This is a really sad thing. People have asked me, well, like, who are, the, who are the best leaders in your opinion? Who are the, the role models that you think of when you think about leadership? And I have to be honest. I mean, and I follow a lot of leaders. I've read a lot of books. Um, I, maybe I'm too harsh or maybe I just, I don't know. I don't put anybody up on pedestals. Like, I just, when I think about role models, I, of course, think of John Maxwell. Um, 
and I think more of historical figures. I know that sounds really terrible, um, but I think of Martin Luther King Jr. And I think of Jesus of Nazareth. I think of Mother Teresa. Um, I think of Gandhi. I think of Nelson Mandela. I think of Winston Churchill, Abraham Lincoln, George Washington. Um, It's kind of sad, right? I'm like, well, I think throughout history, do we have a lot of good role models today? I mean, I, I do have people that I respect a lot as leaders, for sure. Um, I, But I also don't put people up on pedestals because there's no perfect leader. And I think it's easy to do, right? It's easy to put CEOs on pedestals. It's easy to put pastors on pedestals. But we have to remember that we're all just humans trying the, our best. So I think there's moments in time or there's actions that people take, and maybe I focus more on those, or philosophies that people talk about and, and speak through. You know, like, I do love Simon Sinek, and everything he says is wonderful, but I don't really know how he is as a leader because he's not my leader. I'm not in a company where he's leading me directly, but he's saying all the right things, right? Same thing with Brene Brown. See, I mean, I love what she says, and I, I agree with her research, and you know, it sounds like she creates a really cool culture, but again, like she doesn't necessarily lead me, but I can say, wow, she seems like she's leading an, as a voice in these topics, in these places, and she's definitely putting out things into the world that and adding value, right? And I think, again, same with Simon, same with Adam Grant, same with James Clear. I mean, my list could go on and on for those kinds of people. Valerie Burton's another one. I love her. Um but it's just interesting, I guess, when people are like, who's your role model? I'm like, I don't know if I role model anybody, really. I think I just have, I see what people do, and I really do pay attention to their actions, not their words. And I look at that, and I think, wow, I really respect that. Or, oh, my gosh, that's awesome that you're adding that value back out to other people and to the world. So I think what concerns me is when people start to role model others, then they start to lose themselves a little too much. Again, humans, we suck at balance, right? We suck at moderation. We suck at balance. We suck at the middle. And and I really am a, a firm believer, like, if we just find middle ground on pretty much every topic out there, the world would be a much better place. Because we suck at that, no, we like to swing the pendulum far, far one way and far, far the other way. And then we wonder why we're so divisive and angry. <laughs> it's like, I don't. Anyway, I digress. But it's true. Like, when you think about that, it's one thing to say, wow, like the, what that person does, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna try something like that. Or that's really cool and I really respect that and I really value that. But I think sometimes, too, it's easy for us to lose ourselves in other people's personality, especially when you report to somebody. So I've known people who I adore and I think the world of, but I watch them become total chameleons, like to a point where it's not just adapting to what your leader expects, right? Because in a, in a work environment, you do need to make sure that your leader, you know, you're managing to your leader's expectations, of course, and and adapting somewhat to their style makes sense. But truly, the best leaders let you be yourself and respect you you for who you are, and you find a way, a middle ground, a compromise, a way to come together, work together, right? And so you're both singing, singing songs, but it could be different songs, but as long as it's from the same hymn book, you're good, right? That's to me, the ideal sitch for leaders working together like that. Um, but I've seen people like completely lose themselves. Hey, myself included. I used to be that person who would just completely change who they were for whoever they were leading at the moment because I was so worried about what they thought of me. I was so worried about like, oh, I have to be like them. I have to do like them. I have to, otherwise I'm not going to, 
I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to not move up. I'm going to this. I'm going to that. And I used to be very, 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 very insecure about who I was because basically I didn't know who I was. I'm like, I don't know. I'm whoever they expect me to be right now. And I feel like for years I did that thinking that was the right way. That was the way to be. And well, when did my eyes open? I think my eyes started to open when I had not just bad leaders, I had an exceptionally bad leader. And I was finding myself at this pull of, well, if I am going to be like this person, and she wants me to very much be like her, that compromises everything I believe in. That compromises my values, that compromises my morals, that compromises everything I believe leadership to be. Hold on, right? This is too far. And I think that was the the wake-up call I needed to go, oh my gosh, who am I? Because for X amount of years, a lot of years, I I don't really know. I identified myself with my job, with the person above me, with whoever was giving me advice and my mentors. And again, that's not their fault. I don't fault them for that. I fault myself for that. I didn't set my own boundaries. I didn't allow my voice to be heard. I didn't speak up enough. Not nearly enough. My gosh. And I try not to live in the past because there's nothing I can do about it now. I don't have a time machine. I can't go back and kick my own ass. <laughs> I would if I could. But you know what? It's okay because there are definitely things I would have done differently. But who doesn't have things they would have done differently? Hindsight's always twenty twenty. There's no use in wallowing in the past. You have to look forward to the future. So you take those things as learnings. And that's what I've done. I've taken them as learnings. I've taken them to heart. And I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I still have a long way to go. But I also believe that learning is not a destination. You're not done ever, ever until you die, I guess. Maybe there's learning in heaven. I don't know. I hope so. (laughs) Anyway, I don't believe it's something that you're ever done with. You can always know more. You can always grow more. And more importantly, I have develop because of these situations because of my journey because of what I went through and what I saw and reflected in myself and others that's why I'm so passionate about helping others don't do what I did (laughs) you know be be yourself be your own human don't let don't let anyone else a company a leader an organization a classroom um, a college doesn't matter where you work what you do what your occupation is don't let anybody define who you are for you And don't let them take your voice away. Don't let them take your power away in who you are. And if they do, and if that's what they want you to be, that chameleon, and just like, you know, be whoever they want you to be, you're going to constantly find yourself rationalizing your behavior and constantly find yourself in a place where you just don't recognize yourself anymore. You don't know who you are, and you're defined by what you do, not who you are. And for every single one of us, Who we are is so much more important than what we do. So much more. And I think that's such an important message now more than ever as there's a lot of companies out there going through so sad or have gone through recently layoffs, workforce reductions, reorgs. I mean, it's all over the media. You guys know this. So if you're defined by your job and what you do, then what do you have left? If something were, heaven forbid, and I don't wish that on anybody, it's a terrible thing to go through. But then if it does, and I do know people who have gone through it and have said, it's actually the best thing that ever happened to me because it woke me up and set me on a new path to chase a new dream, chase a dream that I actually ignored because I was scared, risk adverse, rationalized what I was doing, made was more quote unquote secure 
and lost my values in the, in the midst of it all, lost what I truly valued and what the value was I was going to add to the world around me. And I think it's so important to make sure that we don't lose sight of that for not just you, but for whatever your purpose is in this earth and this world and for the people around you and how you add value to them. It's funny, sometimes when I start talking in the microphone, I have a basic outline of what I think I'm going to talk about. And then oftentimes I get talking and I take a whole different path. But that's okay because often that means that either it's something I needed to say or something someone hopefully needed to hear. I think when we add value to the world around us, we are very much in line then with whatever our moral compass is, whatever our values are, right? I, I'm i going to say something a little controversial here, but I'm going to say it anyway because, again, it's my podcast. So when I think about all those leaders that I mentioned earlier, the, or think about the leaders that you know in your life too. So the people that you do look at and think, wow, throughout history, they were just such an amazing leader. Or when you think about those leaders, what do they have in common you may see a lot of different things. I will tell you the first thing that I notice about them, those names that I all mentioned, all of them are people of faith. All of them have their moral compass is grounded in faith in God and faith in a higher power, bigger picture, because they know. And what I love about that, and this is why faith too is important to me, is I think people like these people recognize that there's power in one voice, but that it's not about them. It's not about them as an individual. It's about the greater good. It's about the bigger picture. It's about knowing humbly that they don't have all the answers, but they know there's a God up there that does, and that we need to do a better job of keeping our own power tripping as leaders in check because we do have a higher power that keeps us in check. And so I, I actually tend to think that people who do have a, a faith base, and again, I'm not being specific to that. Brene Brown talked about this in one of her podcasts that, you know, how she believes in God too. And it's like, I do believe that that helps people with a moral compass. It really helps them. And I know it helps me to understand like, really at the most fundamental place, the good good from bad, you know, evil from good and all that. And, and again, going back to as a leader, it's not all about me. It's not about what I get out of it. It's not about what I, you know, climb up the ladder and I get to pat myself on the back. It's not about any of that. It's about adding value because you believe you have a, a purpose and a calling and and, and no matter what that is, that it's all about being a leader in this world, not someone who is going to harm the world, but help the world. And knowing that there is a greater good out there and a greater sense of humanity, and that God created us to be a part of helping that and being a part of community with others, that's, I think, why you tend to see these amazing figures of history or amazing figures even of our time who tend to also be very rooted in a very traditional type of moral compass of doing help, not harm, and good, not bad. Now, okay, there were some evil leaders in the world or in in history who claimed to be people of faith. So that's true. I'll give you that. Um, But I would say let's focus on the claim part because, I mean, let's be honest. And how many Sunday Christians do you know 
How many people do you know that are like, oh, they're churchgoers, but they're like absolutely the worst humans you've ever met in your life? I hate to say it, but I know a lot of those. I know a lot of denominations and a lot of groups um, who claim that like, you know, we're of this faith or this search, you know, this denomination or this whatever, but we hate on people and we protest at funerals and we do bad things. I'm like, yeah, then I think you're reading the wrong book, frankly. Did you not remember how Jesus hung out with everybody, loved everybody, you know, wouldn't even condemn the prostitute? Told her, yeah, not a good idea. Probably should change your ways, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to stone you. I'm not going to let these people either. He who cast the first stone, like if you don't have any sin either, sure, throw a stone at her. Everybody sins. Everyone has problems, right? Anyway, I love that story because to me it's like the ultimate ultimate lesson, right, in humility and ultimate lesson in, you know, the fact that if, if we all walk the talk, you know, that Jesus himself did, that he was a rebel of his time. I mean, he really was going against what people thought was the, you know, good thing to do and the right thing to do and the proper thing to do. You don't hang out with those lepers. You don't hang out with people like that. I mean, how much do we see that in our own world today, right? So sadly, I do think there's a lot of divisiveness amongst faiths and religions. And I think we need to stop focusing on that and focus up, stop focusing sideways and looking at each other and throwing stones. Religion is just a way that men made up a way to connect with God. And I'm not dig. I'm not dissing it. Like everyone needs to find their way to connect. I just personally, for me, it's about going to the big guy myself, and being more of a personal relationship and a relationship, not created going through another human, not going through people in that sense. Because to me, no matter if you stand at a pulpit or a podium, you're no better than I am. But. There are definitely people I respect and admire for what they're doing to try to live that very, that very path and that very life. I mean, if you listen to some of Martin Luther King Jr.'s sermons, how can you not get inspired about wanting to like, yes, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to be the change. Speaking of be the change, I mean, Gandhi, Mother Teresa, she devoted her whole life. These incredible people. And again, it's, it's about knowing the person's heart. And about seeing their actions, not their words. And it's not about putting on that false sense of, oh, I go to church and I'm a good little human. It's not about that. It's not about getting kudos or there's nobody keeping a log and brownie points for that kind of stuff. My grandfather always said, give anonymously. And I love that. And I know that we all, and I've done it before too, like, you know, where you want to, sh- to share a cause that's important to your heart and you want other people to donate. Like on Giving Tuesday was just this past week. And I think that's awesome. Go for it. And I also, though, like the giving anonymously. It's like because I do believe that God sees what we do and he sees in our heart and he sees the actions. And by the way, other people do too. Be an example. That's what leadership's all about. It's the quiet actions. It's the it's the actions that you don't broadcast everywhere. It's the impacting one person's life. And then maybe you become a part of that their person's story. And then they share that story, not because it's you and not about you, but because, wow, this person did that for me. And then hopefully they'll pay it forward. Isn't that really the fundamental thing that we all would love to see happen more in the world? You do nice. You do unto others. As you would have them do unto you. That's yeah, a Bible scripture, but man, what a great golden rule that is. If we literally lived that and through our leadership every day, could you imagine what a different place a company would be? 
but the self-centeredness of us and the self-motivated part of us. Because if we think it's only about us and it's all about what my fleshly desires are for, you know, lack of a better phrase, but it's true. Like if I just want to climb, 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 get up that ladder, chase those titles, and it's all about me, 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 and pat myself on the back. Well, that's why faith grounds me and says, oh, it's not about me, not, not even close. It's about others. And yes, I do need to take care of myself in order to help others. That's different. I'm not, I'm not saying self-care is a bad thing. I do believe we need to be self-centered, centered in ourselves in order to be good leaders, in order to be effective leaders, in order to help people. And, and to do that, you have to have an understanding of what your moral compass is, what your values are, what your purpose is in order to do that. But I don't believe being self-centered is it's all about me. All right, let's get into some sips. First sip, if you haven't already, you need to determine your moral compass. And if it's not faith for you, if it's not the Ten Commandments or whatever that is, you know, looks like for you, then what is it? And what do you weigh it against? And don't and make sure that you write them down and say these are the things I'm not going to compromise. These this these are my morals, my values, and it's not okay. And no one can comp- like make me feel like I have to compromise these in order to be successful, to get ahead, to do good things, and be an effective leader. So make sure you know what those are, and that your eyes are wide open to situations where they might make you feel like you have to compromise those. Sip number two, align your moral compass to your daily actions. So it's, again, it's not about being perfect because I promise you we are all going to screw up. We are all going to. And it's so easy in our human heads to rationalize behaviors and things, but it is really important that if you are going to establish a moral compass and values, that you make sure that you're, you walk the talk. It's as simple as that, walking the talk. And recognizing, too, that there is no relativism in terms of your morals and good and evil and right and wrong. And I know that there's a lot of, well, but what's true for you may not be true for me kind of talk out there in the world today. But then why would we have laws against murder, rape, theft, pedophilia, human trafficking, if there wasn't? moral absolutes and there are so decide what those are again your moral code or compass it's going to be key to recognizing what those are and then making sure that your actions align with those all right third sip and leadership i've said it a million times but i'm going to keep saying it again this one's for the cheap seats just kidding i just always wanted to say that Uh, leadership starts from the heart and not the head before you ask for a hand Leadership is all about your motive. People ask me like, or when I, they comment, oh, leadership is so hard. Like, I don't think leadership is hard. Leadership philosophy is so not hard. The theory of leadership, not hard. Because once you establish the motive of your heart wanting to serve others and knowing that your purpose and your calling is to add value to the people around you, to try to help make the world better, that it's not all about you and there's a bigger picture and a bigger plan out there for everybody under the sun and that, you know, there's a lot of things and mysteries of the universe that we're never going to understand and I'm okay with that. I think it's what makes it a mystery, FYI. 
But it really does start with your heart. And if you have your heart in the right place to help others and want that, like sincerely, that's easy. Where things get hard is you're dealing with people. And people are complex beings. We're all super unique. None of us are alike. There will never be another one like you. There never was a one like you. That alone makes me have faith. It's like, how incredible is that? Okay, if you're a twin. But still, you're different. You're still two beings, right? And again, if, you, if people know your heart is there to help them, they're going to trust you more and believe that you are there to help grow them. Even when you have to have tough conversations and give feedback and coach and all that stuff, it's because it's from love. It's like I, I share these things with you because I want you to do better. I want you to know better than do better. And as long as they know that it's coming from your heart, not the head. The head is where, yes, there's techniques, there's tools, there's all that stuff, right, that we use to help further our heart's strings and our heart's calling for leadership. And you better get all that aligned up, again, with your moral compass before you ask for someone else's hand. Because I don't believe just because someone reports to you on an org chart or in a system or on a piece of paper That does not entitle you to be their leader, and that doesn't entitle them to follow you. There might be compliance that they need to follow you because, right? But they're not committed. Their heart won't be committed, and they're not going to get better, do better, and not be be their best version of themselves, and they're certainly not going to make the team around you or the business that you're leading, whatever that may be, or the organization or the church or whatever, better. Because it's, it starts with the heart before the hands. There's a sticker I have on my work laptop. And it's 1 Corinthians 6.18. Very simple. Let all that you do be done in love. Do I always love people? No. <laughs> do I struggle with this? Uh, yeah. Because people are hard. But that's my moral compass. Is to really strive to speak truth and love, to do things in love and to the action, to love on others. Because for me, there's been so many great examples set before us throughout history and the New Testament and the Old Testament, of course. So no matter what you believe, I think this leading with love is the basis of any good leader. God bless you, my friends. Thank you for having a cup of coffee with me. For more sips and tips, connect with me on social and follow Leader Sips on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. And don't forget to visit my website, carlinholbrook.com. Until next time, keep on brewing.